Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His words so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Notice Jesus says two things about this guy. What are they? Wicked. If you're a believer, for sure, he isn't going to say that about you. What does he mean by wicked? It means he was doing his own thing. He, he didn't obey God. He didn't duplicate the money. He went and did his own thing because of fear. You see, there was no faith. He was faithless. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He believed in himself. He wasn't repentant. The parable of the talents is a well-known parable of the Bible. Pastor Mark will use this parable found in Matthew chapter 25 to emphasize accountability and reward. You see, we too are stewards and will one day give God an account of what we've been doing with His resources. What have we been doing with our lives, abilities, time, resources, and opportunities? Are we making use of His gifts for His glory? Ultimately, God will decide the worth of everything we do, including how we spend our time, our money, and our energy. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 15, as we join Pastor Mark for our continuing study entitled, Live, Work for Today in the Future. Let me remind you of one thing, and I want everybody's attention. You know, sometimes we say we need to immerse ourselves in the text. So we say kind of take your shoes off now, and you become one of these three main characters in this parable. So at the end of the parable tonight, what I want to ask you is which one are you? Which person are you like? You see, we're here tonight, not for a Bible study that only goes to here. The main focus of the church is found in Ephesians chapter 4. The main focus of the church is really not to go and share the gospel. The main focus of the church is for pastor teachers and other gifted leaders in Ephesians chapter 4 to teach God's word so that you become the ministers, and you go and do the work of the ministry. Now, healthy sheep automatically, you know, reproduce. So as you get this parable tonight, as I get this parable tonight, because in the workforce, I have to be just like you. I was out today in a shop and got to share the gospel. I I prayed the Jabez prayer, you know, the one that's on television and everything else. Get the tape if you haven't got it. Jabez prayer in Proverbs, great tape. Give you the balance that's needed. I prayed that and God opened the door and I got to share today. Well, see, that's my role. My role tonight is different. It's to show you how to do life from God's word so that you can then 
you have much greater impact than one person does. So let's take a look at it. Matthew 25. We're going to go fairly fast. Verse 14. Again, it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. So this man would be Jesus going back to heaven. And he's going to come back again, but he's leaving for a period of time. So that would be like when Jesus left the earth and he went back to heaven. You know, with all of our studies and revelations and so forth, he's coming back rapture. And then he's actually going to come back to the earth's second coming. The servants, and you want to put by this the servants, are Christians, but you want to put Christians in quotes. At least they look like they're Christians from the start. Now, let me give you some keys as we go through. Notice here, he calls his servants and he entrusts whose property to them? Whose property? So it's not your property, my property, twos. It's God's. So here's something you want to write down. We own nothing but our managers of everything. So what you have tonight, you don't own. It's a gift. What I have tonight, I don't own. It's given to me. But I'm a manager of every part of it. So everything, see, that's why we're all equal. And you know why I'm only up here, because I'm short. We're all equal. Verse 15. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, to another one talent, according, each according to his ability. Then he went on a journey. Now, talents, basically in those days, this, this Greek word means money. It was actually a weight, a weight of a precious uh, silver or gold. It can be expanded, you might want to write this down, to our life, to our time, our resources, our opportunity. But it does include the money. Now, this isn't a teaching on tithing or whatever, but everything that we have, including our money, has come from God. So my time, my resource, my ability, they're all gifts from God. So the next point you want to write down is this. Everyone has some abilities and opportunities. Everyone has some abilities and opportunities. Notice this, every servant had something. Every servant had abilities and opportunities. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say this. I have been gifted to work for God. Go ahead. Remind him. Now, you didn't say that with much enthusiasm. <laughs> turn to the person on the other side and say it like you enjoy it. Do it. of that is you? And how many is all? So you can't even say, oh, Pastor Mark, when God was giving him, he just went right on by me. No, he didn't. You have opportunities and you have abilities that God has given you, gifts, responsibilities that he's given to all of us. So now each person has different gifts, each has different abilities. There's no need for jealousy. Notice the owner says he gave them this because he knew their abilities. So he's going to give you opportunities and responsibilities and things like that because he knows your ability to handle those things. Now, some of you say, well, I always want to be the guy here who has the five. I don't want to be the guy that has the one. Well, you need to know another principle in the Bible. It says this, to who has more, more responsibilities required. Would you like to change it now? In other words, if God's given you more, you're held to a higher standard. Always. Now, Notice when he gave these abilities, something interesting in verse 15, he says to them, here's five, here's two, here's one. 
And what does he do next? He what? He leaves. He doesn't say, do this. Here's how you're going to do that. Here's what you're going to do here. He isn't over their shoulder. Remember last week we said that he isn't like a boss saying, yeah, you're not doing it right. Come on, come over here. He left. He left the freedom to do what he's gifted us to who? You and me. Now, when he left, the Bible in John 14 and John 16 says that God also sent somebody in his place. And that was who? The Holy Spirit. And he's the one that guides us and directs us and helps us to know how to use our gifts. He will never force you to use your gift. You see, you've all been in churches sometimes where people force you to use a gift. Or, again, you watch these telethons or whatever, where they force you to give money. And they say, if you give this money to this thing, we're going to build this building or whatever. You know, if you have somebody that's on drugs in your family or whatever, somebody needs to be healed, you give and God will heal them. That's a joke. You're trying to twist God's arm. God's arm will not be twisted. God's a good God. He'll heal them without you doing that. You just give of your heart to God. And I ask him in faith, and God heals today. So don't be taken in by that stuff. That's manipulating. You would never see Jesus ever do that, ever. Now, Proverbs 13.4, the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. So we have the pleasure of being self-motivated, We have the pleasure of knowing that God has gifted us and empowered us to do the kind of things he wants, to find the opportunities that he opens for us, and then to just be involved in discipling people, be involved in sharing the gospel, be involved being good Christians at work, as we talked about last week, all of those areas. Now, as all of those things happen, what is happening in our lives is this. Through that growth process, you'll come to a place in your life that nobody has to say this to you. Be in church next weekend. Where were you? How come you weren't there? See, we can do that for a while, but long term, how good is that? It isn't going to happen. Isn't it good just to be able to want to come to church? Now, why would this new Christian, this Jewish guy who got saved, say to me, can't miss a weekend? I can't can't be away? Why? Because I love going to church. Now, that's infectious. See, now when he shares with somebody, you got family problems, you got a problem in your home, you got whatever, let me tell you, come to this place, listen to, it's not about Calvary Chapels, God help us, it's about the word of God. You come and find out about God, and he's real, he'll change your life. So when you look at this, notice this verse in Proverbs, it's on the over it for you, the sluggard craves, he he wants lots of good things in life, but gets nothing, why? Because he never follows through. He's always saying, motivate me, push me, do something. See, as you and I mature in our life, And this is what's exciting for me. I don't know when we're going to start our next service or whatever. Maybe two on Saturday. Kind of looking that way. We're praying about it. But when we do that, people would just come. You know, we switched Sunday nights. You know, that was a hard thing for me. I've been going to church Sunday night for 57 years. It was really hard. But we've gone to Wednesday night. Now Wednesday night's starting to get full. And pretty soon it'll get more full. And I told you Fort Lauderdale, 3,800 people on Wednesday night just went to their second service on Wednesday night. Now, why is that? Because somebody's over your shoulder saying, use your gift. Where were you last week? You didn't give. Let me have your name, please. (laughs) No, no, they're in church because why? Because they're, number one, getting fed. And someone stopped me this week, and they said, it's so good that you switched it from Sunday. Because I was kind of, I really missed something in the middle of the week. 
I get this little boost now in the middle of the week. Well, praise God. So, see, that maturity, the sluggard can say, oh, I want to be a mature Christian. I really want to know the things of God. Never will happen. Notice why? Look at the second part of the verse. But the desires of the diligent, you got to go for it. you got to be with it. Now, verse 16. The man who had received the five talents went, and you want to circle this, at once and put his money, you want to circle this, to work. And he gained how much? Five more. Now, at once means this. Eager, excited, and urgent. When I mention lost souls to you tonight, when I mention one-on-one discipleship, do those three words come to your mind? Eager, excited, urgent. He was looking for the opportunities now and the future. Verse 17. So also, the one with the two talents... Gained two more. Both of these guys immediately went to work, gained 100%. Verse 18. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. You can just write by that verse. We'll, We'll be defining it a little more later. Fear, no faith. Fear, no faith. He buried his abilities... He ignored his opportunities. Verse 19. After a long time, the master of the servants returned. And, you want to underline this, settled accounts with them. Here's our fifth point tonight. We are accountable to God for what he has given us. You see, there's coming a performance review. For the Christian, it will be at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, that has nothing to do with your salvation. just has to do with the different gifts and heavenly rewards we'll have. Proverbs 27, 18, I have in the overhead, says this. He who tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and he looks after his master will be honored. That's the verse. That's talking about that there is a time coming, and if you're here tonight... You, either as a Christian or non-Christian, you're going to have a performance review. Now, for the non-Christian, we'll talk more about that later. For the Christian, it's not about your salvation, because you can't earn your salvation, but it's about the gifts and the abilities and opportunities God has given you as a Christian, and your rewards will be based on how effectively you use them. There will be a review, and it will be done by God. Notice he says he came back, and he held them accountable. Romans 14, 12 says, so then... Each of us will give an account of himself. Verse 20. Now the man who had received the five talents brought the other five. He said, Master, you've entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. He is feeling pretty good. He should have. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You might want to underline those words. And here's something you want to write by that verse. It's not about the spectacular. It's about being faithful. Very few of us could ever be spectacular. We're just plotters. We're just going along doing things for God. If anything spectacular happens, it is not me, it is not you, it is all God. So he doesn't say to him, way to go, high five, baby. He just says, good, faithful. I like that. You stuck with it. Good. So tonight, that's a key. Then he goes on and he says something else. You have been faithful for a few things. 
Now look at verse look at verse 21. You've been faithful with a few things, so take the next thousand years off, sit back, kick back, and relax. Is that what your verse says? Notice what it says. Read it. He says, you've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. In other words, he says this. You've been pretty good with your work. I'm going to give you more work. Some of you say, I don't like that. And what's the deal here? Hey, when you understand what this is about, you see, when we get to heaven and we rule the worlds, we're going to have responsibilities for God. The one who's been faithful is going to have more, more privilege. Remember now, I've got Hawaii. Some of you are going to end up with Mims. You know that. You know that. So start working. This is what it's about. Notice, work is good. When we work, we're fulfilled. Hmm. He says, you're going to get more to do. Verse 22. The man with two talents also came and said, Master, you've entrusted me two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well, done. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Notice the man with the two. God deal, dealt with him in his abilities. He didn't say, uh, the guy over here on the right had five. Where's your other three? We only gave me two to start with. He said, well done. See, some of you are multi-talented, multi-gifted by God. Now, you can't be proud in that because God gifted you, but you're responsible for it. So there is no reason to compare ever in the body of Christ. Pastors, people, teachers, doesn't matter who's teaching here. They've been gifted, you listen to them. As long as they're teaching the Word of God, you go for it. We've all been gifted differently. We're all going to be held responsible. For me, when I'm valued by God, I'm valued as my abilities, not yours. Can you imagine me standing next to Billy Graham being valued? That doesn't work that way. I'm valued according to what God says. I know what you can do. Thanks for being faithful. Verse 24. The man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not gathered seed. So I was afraid. There's that fear word again. And I went out and hid your talent in the ground. By the way, that was a very common thing in those days to put money in the ground because they didn't have safety deposit boxes or whatever. If you weren't going to be aggressive and, and try to duplicate your money, that's the way they hit it. Today, you know, in the old days, they used to hit on their pillow or on their bed or whatever they put in the ground in those days. So it meant a lot to the people in those days. He said, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering right in your seed. So I went out, hid your town in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. Now there's a key in this verse. <clears throat> Notice in verse 24, this man says of God, you're a hard man. In other words, you're unfair. You're not a guy that plays fair. You don't take into account any kind of grace. You're just a hard kind of unfair taskmaster. That should tell you and I that this person doesn't really know God. By the way, this is what most people, most sinners, think of God. God's hard. He's mean. He's after them, and he asks things that are impossible to accomplish. Now, if you've been a Christian one day, look at your relationship with God tonight. The opposite is true. God is kind. He's patient. He's long-suffering. He's full of mercy. He's full of grace. 
His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He's the best boss I've ever had. Every day I get up, his mercies are what? Brand new. Hard boss? I wish I had an earthly boss like that. Don't you? So most Bible scholars would say this individual, and you're going to need to understand this, doesn't really have a relationship with God. You see, it's an incredible blessing to work for God. What you see here, and this is the danger, the Bible tells us that in the body of Christ, there are wheat and there are tares. Here's how that works. Watch me. In our churches, even in this church tonight, there are people sitting here who look like Christians. They're taking notes, they're paying attention, they're doing the right things. But we know from the book of Matthew, it says one day, some of these people on their performance reviews stand before God, and God says to them, who are you? Oh, you know me, we did miracles, we did this, we took notes, we were there there every week when the doors opened. We volunteered in the bookstore, We, we helped in the kids' ministry. You know what Jesus' response is to them? What's the Bible say? I never what? Knew you. Well, how could that be? Because they were not genuine believers. You, You see, there was never true repentance. Now, that's not to scare people to the altar. That's foolish. It's to say to you tonight, what is a real Christian? It's somebody who's really repented and is following Jesus Christ. Many of these people that come to our altars and go to the prayer room, never had a genuine conversion. They never follow through. There isn't anything. And they have a false assurance. They have that fire insurance. It's a very dangerous thing. You're going to see why in this passage as we go through. Look at verse 26. His master replied, remember we talked about last week, lazy. Well, look what he replies. He said, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I... Now, he's not saying... I do that. He's saying, that's what you think? So what if it was true? I'm still your boss. And he goes on, he says, well, then you should have at least put my money in deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Notice Jesus says two things about this guy. What are they? Wicked. If you're a believer, for sure, he isn't going to say that about you. What does he mean by wicked? means he was doing his own thing. He, He didn't obey God. He didn't duplicate the money. He went and did his own thing because of fear. You see, there was no faith. He was faithless. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He believed in himself. He wasn't repentant. Now, the Bible says because there's no faith, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 says, we remain dead in our trespasses and sin. So he remained a wicked man, even sitting in the church service, because he had never truly asked Jesus Christ into his heart, and begun that walk of following Him. God has given each of us talents, abilities, time, resources, and opportunities. Pastor Mark asked us, how are we using those talents to tell others about Jesus Christ? Are we being faithful with those things? We're accountable to God for what He's given us. This is what we're created to do to use those talents to bring glory to Him so that others would come to know Him and love Him. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now be sure and tune in next time when we will continue to learn from the parable of the Ten Talents. Pastor Mark will challenge us to work now. Not just the work we get paid to do, but God's work telling others about how he came to earth to live among us, teach us, and then die to save us from eternal death. The Bible tells us that the time to harvest the fields is now. It's time to get to work. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Let us hear your